0: Hey, everybody. Dave Debo here with another episode of Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in, is a branding expert and a gentleman who knows all about helping us real estate weirdos brand ourselves better. So, Paul Cobcut, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Dave. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
0: All right. So, let's let's kind of start big picture because everybody hears this term bantered around Branding, branding, branding. What does branding mean to a brander? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the, I think the best description I ever heard was Jeff Bezos said it was a brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room.
0: Oh, that could be scary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and there's there's a good there's a good point about brand is huh. you know, what what are people saying? Is it good or is it bad? And whatever they're saying is building up people's perception of your brand good or bad
0: okay so so what people are saying about you when you're not in the room but what would be like a more concrete definition of a brand perhaps that we can get our head around because you know obviously there's a lot involved with it but what are you thinking of primarily at least for the starting point the starting block
1: for people to brand themselves better yeah so i think from a personal brand point of view you want to be offering a product, a service, or even a person. So a lot of real estate investors are solo or small micro businesses. So product, service, or person for which people feel there is no substitute. Yeah. That, so again, so you, let's
0: let's say we're we're all real estate investors here. Right. Let's say I'm Joe Smith and I'm doing flips in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Right. <laughs> So what what would branding mean in that case?
1: So there's going to be other people that are doing flips. So so let's let's take a flip person, for example, as your example. Yeah. So a good flipper is going to know the budget, you know, they're going to be on top of the, the numbers. Yeah. They're going to have good contractors, or they're going to do it themselves and they're a good contractor. So they could do work, do good work, and they're going to be. On time, because you know you want to flip to be on time, because otherwise the money starts to disappear from the from the deal, real quick. Yep. So, we'll assume that those are what we call what I call the table stakes. They they get you in the game. They get you considered as a good flip real estate investor.
0: So you got the you got the foundation. You've got the fundamentals down. Right. You know what you're doing. You're doing a
1: decent job. All right, right. But that doesn't differentiate. Our flipper in Moose Jaw to somebody else in Moose Jaw that says they flip properties. So what they need to get clear on, what the listener needs to get clear on is, what are the emotional attributes underneath that differentiate you from somebody else? So are you the friendly flipper? Are you the humorous flipper? Are you the quirky flipper? You know, maybe you're the creative flipper. You always come up with something that turns that flip into a wow project. So then you can start to position your brand as I'm the flipper that delivers on time, on budget, and with a wow factor. Then that starts to differentiate. Then you can, and then there's a million ways for you to show that to people. And so when people are comparing, it doesn't boil down to the commodity side of things and, and numbers and money, but it comes down to, wow, do I want a flip project that does this? Or do I want a flip project that does that takes it up to here? and sells for more dollars or or whatever it is.
0: Good okay that's I'm starting to see the light now Paul that's <laughs> that's good. Now I'm just thinking okay I'm Joe, Joe Schmo doing the flips in Moose Jaw and you know I've I've been doing it for a couple of years I I'm not blowing anybody's socks off I'm not the biggest flipper in town I'm not the smallest flipper in town I'm 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 doing a a, a good job how would I kind of dial in what differentiates me? Because I I think a lot of people might be thinking, well, I do flips or I do burrs or I buy small multis or whatever, but they don't really know what makes them different or special. How would we get some insight into that if we can't see it ourselves?
1: Right. Yeah, that's a a great question. It's a very common thing because I also find that the things that people do so naturally and so well their unique strengths they never see them because yeah. they do it because they do it so naturally they just yeah, never... know, so it's,
0: it's it's like in my case people confuse me with ryan reynolds on a regular basis <laughs> I just can't help being so darn good looking and, and modest so you know i i know it's should...
1: <laughs> that must be that must be a tough tough thing to handle <laughs> <I think. laughs>
0: it's a hard rolled road to, to haul that's for anyhow, ser- all seriousness yeah Sometimes we don't see our own strengths. So I interrupted you and you were going to give us some suggestions on, on how to, how to dial that in.
1: Yeah. So there's, I mean, there are assessments out there that you can do self assessments, but what what I find is probably even more valuable is to go to five, 10 people that, you know, well, they, they don't need to know you as well as a spouse or a a partner, but they need to know you pretty well. And say, you know, what, what are the things that you think I do well? And conversely, what are the things I don't do so well? Your spouse so can help you. Your spouse
0: or your partner can help you with that one.
1: Well, right? for sure. <laughs> so I, I always think it's important to know what your weaknesses are as well, because you'll never make them a strength, but you'll at least you can maybe play them down a little bit. Yeah. But it, it's always interesting to me when I do that with clients, they come back and they say, Well, people have said I do this. And I say, Well, do you? And they said, Well, yeah, but I never thought it was a strength.
0: Because what, they what do would, it. What would be an example? Like what pops into your mind of a client that that, that kind of
1: uh popped out for them. Well, so let's, let's take, let's continue to take our flipper and muse jaw. Sure. Maybe the flipper and muse jaw is fantastic at creating that vision of the flip in front of the investor or the, the person that's doing the flip, you know, on the, on the back of a napkin and they can creatively show a, a picture of what the flip is going to look like. So, so they that's can a,
0: explain it. They can explain the concept really, really, right.
1: Well. Yeah. Really visually, really easily. And that people get it straight away. So that's. You know, something that maybe somebody does all the time but they just okay. don't see it as a strength i think the other side of it though the more important part is the emotional piece so we talked yeah. about the funny flipper or the quirky flipper you know you don't need to be funny or quirky to be a good flipper but it differentiates you if you think about you know if the listener thinks about the any brand that they know or love the chances are it's not about the product or service they're buying. It's the emotional connection they've made to that brand. You know, Apple is a great example. Starbucks, you know, Starbucks is the perfect example of a brand where people will drive past five Tim Hortons to get to a Starbucks. I mean, all those or vice versa, right? No, absolutely. So, but people, it's not about the coffee because you could get coffee in any one of those. It's how you feel, how that brand makes you feel. So you engage with that brand. So those are the, that takes you above the table stakes. Your emotional attributes will be the reasons why somebody wants to hire you, work with you, or loan you investment money versus somebody else because they've made that emotional connection. And equally, sometimes that emotional connection is not there and it's not a good fit. And it's, it's equally good to know that and go away from the project because it's going to be right. It's going to be a nightmare project. And it's going to be the, yeah. so if you're, um, if you're a flipper who's kind of a little bit seat of the pants type flipper and is kind of changes things on the fly and you've got a client who's a micromanager, that's, that's not going to be a great fit. And vice versa, if you're a flipper that's into the real details, but somebody just wants to get to the end project, that's probably not going to work as a, as a good partnership either.
0: Wow, that's another fantastic idea. Hold on to that thought for a sec. We'll be right back. Now, are you a real estate investor who's run right out of cash or credit to grow your portfolio? Are you looking to grow your portfolio using other people's money and raising capital? Well, I want to show you how to raise six figures or more in six weeks or less at my upcoming Investor Attraction Workshop. You can get your ticket and find out all about it at investorattractionworkshop.com. We're going to spend a full day taking a deep dive into this roadmap that I've used to raise millions for my deals and I've helped other people just like you cumulatively raise hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars for their deals as well. So again, you can check that out at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. And as a loyal listener to the podcast, you'll get 50% off your ticket when you use the discount code podcast. That's right. Discount code podcast at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. See you at the next workshop. Okay. So let's, let's pretend we're Joe, the flipper. And we've asked five people and we've come up with this this commonality that a lot of people say that we're pretty good at explaining how the whole process works. How do I turn that into some kind of branding? And then what do I do with that? How do I, you know, because we look at Starbucks and we look at Apple. Well, those are multi-billion dollar companies that have a marketing budget greater than a lot of small nations. So I mean what do we do as an individual as a
1: micro business per se? Well the the chances are that a lot of your business might come from referral mm. or recommendation. So if you can get very clear about what it is you do, who you do it for and why you're different, hopefully in you know 10 to 12 words that's easy for somebody to remember. Yeah. So you know, I'm Joe the flipper who's on budget on time and I make you laugh. I make you laugh. Yeah,
0: yeah. Then
1: I'm the funny flipper. But then then people will say, you know, who do you like working with when you do flips? You say, well, you've got to work with Joe because he's he's great. He does a great project, but he's also great fun to work with. Then it's much more likely Joe's going to get recommended or remembered versus Fred, who's just fumbling along. Doesn't
0: doesn't do anything. Yeah, it doesn't right. do anything. Brad.
1: And then and then you can take that a stage further in terms, you know, you don't need a big marketing budget. You know, we've got access to social media. That's typically where people are checking you out nowadays. You, know, you could go on Facebook. So Joe the Flipper could do a Friday funny on you know, post a, you know, a flipping joke or a real estate joke every Friday. And people start to get to know Joe for that. You know, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's fun with flips with Joe or something like right, that. Right, right exactly. So, you know, that's much better than doing. I mean, everybody loves to see the befores and afters. But everybody does that, yeah. you know, and then when you see somebody, and I see somebody do this on Facebook on a regular basis, they go and post the same before and after in every Facebook group they're in. Hmm. So when I open my Facebook, I get 10 posts of the same person with the same befores and afters, and I'm going, Oh, really? Yeah, you know, it doesn't endear me to that person. I'm kind of going. Oh, I'm going to okay. I'm going to snooze them for thirty days because all I'm going to all I'm going to see for the next ten days is their project being you know coming up in these groups.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Whereas if I, you know, it's Friday and I'm thinking, oh yeah, Joe's going to have his joke on Friday. I wonder what is you know wonder what the funny is today from Joe. Much nice. more likely I'm going to engage.
0: So Paul, I know you've been doing this for for quite some time. Can you maybe walk us through, and you don't necessarily need to use anybody's name for privacy purposes, but an example of a real estate client that you've worked with, kind of walk us through the story, where they started out, and how branding really benefited them and kind of, you know, hopefully took them to another level or to the next level. Do you have any, does anything pop into your mind? I'm sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, there is. And it's funny because. And it's uh, it's a story that's that's out there, so uh, it then probably yeah. Let's use it. Go ahead. <laughs> we can use it. So if you know Sarah, I'm sure you, what well, you do. You know Sarah Larby. Yeah, very um, well.
0: Yeah, she's a very very sharp real estate entrepreneur and a podcaster and one of the co-founders of the Right
1: Club. Right. Oh, okay. Yep. And you know, there's a classic use of an attribute, Dave, that you used about so. So we we all know Sarah's a burr expert, mm-hmm. but you said she's a sharp real estate investor. So sharp. Immediately in my mind, I conjure a picture. You know, I'm going to get. You know, and that's uh, exactly what I would think with with Sarah. You know, she's no nonsense. She's sharp. She gets the job done. She's you know, she's likable. She's accurate. She's knowledgeable. All those good things which you would want from a good real estate investor. But she's sharp. She's she's on the button, and and she she doesn't. She doesn't take nonsense. I think that would be another thing she'd probably be fair to say. So when Sarah came to me and she was the first real estate investor I got involved in, Mm -hmm. she found me on LinkedIn. She saw my profile. She said, you seem to have a good profile. You seem to know what you're talking about. I need some help with my brand. And can you help me? And I said, well, what do you have at the moment? At the time, she had her bird portfolio that was building. And she had the podcast, but she had no social media didn't really have a website or, or presence apart from for the podcast and we sat down and i said okay so what are your goals where do you want to go with this what's your vision and she said i I want to retire at you know 35 i want to quit nine to five and i was kind of whoa <laughs> that's that's quite a big big vision but she was definitely she was clear about that she was very focused and whatever it was going to take so that's when we started working together four or five years ago and October 2020 she quit her 9 to 5. Nice. So we basically took the podcast we built the website and then she wanted to do coaching programs. That was kind of the main driver for her coming to me was you know people are starting to ask for help. I don't know how to put a coaching program together. What do I do? What are the things it should entail? She had all the the information of course. She had the knowledge. It was just a case of packaging it correctly and positioning right. it correctly. And so that's what we've been able to do is basically enable her to replace her corporate income you know with you know real estate income beyond the real estate investments and now of course she's she's you know having that vision was a a thing that's continued to carry sarah to her next evolution i think because now she's in developments and new builds and she's got this resort that she's developing with partners so it's you know it's great to see her you know continue to grow she hasn't kind of settled for that nine to five quitting in, in October 2020. She's at the next level and, and going further. So Perfect. I think that's that's a good example.
0: So somebody's watching this, Paul. And they say, well, it's sounding kind of like I should pay attention to this whole branding thing. What's a good place for somebody to start? Would you recommend any resources? Is like like I'm talking about basic branding, 101 type stuff. Get started yeah. with. This, what would you recommend to people?
1: Yeah, I would recommend picking up a book called The Charismatic Brand by Marty Newmeyer. He's an ad agency guy. It's a very easy, quick read, but it really gets the point across around brand and also differentiated brand. How, how you need to start thinking about how can I be, you know, the brand that nobody else can find anywhere else. And I think that's a great, great place to, to kick off. I would certainly do something like strengths finder. If you're not familiar with your strengths and you're not getting the feedback that you want from the five people or 10 people you're going to ask, that's a great assessment to take. Those would be a good couple of places to kick off with.
0: Fantastic. Well, Paul, it's always fascinating discussing branding and marketing and, and talking to sharp folks like yourself. So, If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, why don't you move your shoulders so you can show us a little bit of your branding? <laughs> No. There right. there we go. <laughs> REIBranded.com. Is that the best place for people to find
1: you? Yep, that's where they'll find me. That's where they'll find the podcast. And uh, that's probably a good place to start. So.
0: Awesome. Very good. Well, thank you very much, my friend. I appreciate it. Thanks for, for your wisdom.
1: Thanks for having me today. Have a great day. Thanks.
0: All right, everybody. Take care. See you on the next episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and